Hey everybody and welcome to the Knockabout Travel Podcast. My name is Greg Spalia and uh, I'll be the host for this show. And uh, this is the first episode, so let me just take a minute to explain what we're going to be doing here. So this podcast uh, will have three different types of episodes, uh, I'm hoping. The first type of episode will be to take you on a journey to some place that you haven't been or maybe you have been, but in any case, to bring back some tidbit of information in the destination's history that you might not have known prior to listening to the show. The second type is just general travel tips and advice on visiting certain destinations. This might include special events or attractions that shouldn't be missed, insider knowledge regarding hidden gems and general planning items. Uh, and uh, for this, we will probably be interviewing some local experts along the way to uh, kind of reveal some of uh, the local insider knowledge uh, that you're looking for. And the third uh, will be uh, probably a little bit less frequent, but uh, occasionally I do plan to add longer form episodes on a place of interest and uh, telling the human stories of the people who live there. So as travelers, uh, we sometimes, uh, our interactions with the destination uh, only gets to be surface level, but our interest in the lives of the people and the locals who live there usually goes much deeper. We're generally pretty interested in what is going on behind the scenes, and these episodes hopefully will cover some of those issues. So that's the plan for the Knockabout Travel Podcast, and uh, hopefully you tune in frequently and... Um, yeah, if you have any questions, just feel free to give me an email, greg at knockabout.blog. And um, with that, let's get into the first episode. So the first episode, uh, being Christmas time and all, um, I decided to kind of start off with a short Christmas story. Uh, it's about the, the uh, Boston Christmas tree, which stands in Boston Common uh, every year. And to look at it, it doesn't look any different than any other big large city Christmas tree. Uh, however, there is a little bit of a special tradition that goes along with it, and uh, I'm here to tell that story today. So I hope you enjoy, and um, tune in again. Thanks. Walking through Boston at night can be pleasant at any time of the year, but it's particularly special during the Christmas season. The town is lit up from the USS Constitution at the Charlestown Navy Yard to the Arbor in Christopher Columbus Park to the Boston Blink Light Show at the Faneuil Hall Marketplace. But there's one Christmas attraction that has over a century of history behind it and stands as a symbol of fellowship between Boston and another historic town on the Atlantic. The Great War, now known as World War I, began on June 28, 1914, and Canada, still part of the British Empire at the time, was automatically committed to the fight from its beginning. The United States had entered the war in 1917, committing troops and supplies each week to the fight against Germany and its allies. The town of Halifax, on Canada's eastern coast in the province of Nova Scotia, became a critical port along the shipping route between North America and Europe, and on the morning of December 6, 1917, the French cargo ship Mont Blanc was inbound from New York, slowly cruising the harbor next to the city. Loaded with explosives, the ship was to rendezvous with a convoy of other cargo and battleships before steaming to France. At the time, another cargo ship, the Norwegian SS Emo, is making its way to the open Atlantic, loaded with grain for the citizens of Belgium left starving by the war. As the Emo navigates through the busy port of Halifax, a steamship cuts across its path in the channel, forcing the Emo into oncoming traffic right into the path of the explosive-laden Mont Blanc, which is pinned between two passenger ferries on the left and shallow water on the right. 
Both captains should have reversed their engines, but that's not what happened, at least not until it was too late. The two ships collided at very low speed, perhaps only one knot, but it was enough to damage fuel barrels on the deck of the Mont Blanc, releasing vapors that ignited from sparks generated by the collision. Fire quickly ensued and engulfed the Mont Blanc. Under normal circumstances, the explosive material would have been clearly labeled on the Mont Blanc, but that would have drawn an attack from German submarines, so it went unmarked. Townspeople from Halifax gathered at the shoreline to watch the flaming vessel, unaware that they were well within the kill zone of the impending blast. Twenty minutes after the collision, the Mont Blanc exploded, causing a blast wave that ripped through the town of Halifax, killing 2,000 souls and injuring 9,000 more. It was the largest human-generated explosion at the time, and remains the largest non-nuclear explosion to this day. For quick reference, the Moab is the largest non-nuclear bomb in the U.S. arsenal, used in 2017 in Afghanistan to great media coverage. It would take 250 Moab bombs to generate the energy of the Halifax explosion. The carnage was severe. Every building within 1.6 miles was destroyed or damaged. Over 1,600 citizens were killed instantly, including several hundred that had gathered at the pier to watch the flaming Mont Blanc. Others, watching from their homes, suffered the same fate. Many more were blinded from shattered glass as they stood behind windows to watch the fire. Rescue efforts began immediately, with surviving citizens digging victims from the rubble. They were soon joined by fire crews, police, and Canadian military forces from the surrounding area. Merchant and military ships arrived and were converted to floating hospitals to support the overwhelming demand for medical care. Rescue efforts began immediately, with surviving citizens digging victims from the rubble. They were soon joined by fire crews, police, and Canadian military forces from the surrounding area. Merchant and military ships arrived and were converted to floating hospitals to support the overwhelming demand for medical care. Further out, relief trains from across eastern Canada and the northeast U.S. were loaded with medical personnel and supplies inbound for Halifax. They carried out the wounded and the newly homeless. In Boston, the first train was loaded and dispatched by 10 p.m. on December 6. However, a blizzard in eastern Canada the day after the explosion delayed its arrival by one day. It arrived in Halifax on the morning of December 8th. Medical personnel were able to relieve some of the weary first responders and hospital staff who had been working around the clock for the past two days, while food, water, warm clothing and blankets, and other critical supplies were distributed to the townspeople. Needless to say, Christmas in Halifax that year was not merry. Much of the town was obliterated, and there was not much to celebrate. A year later, in 1918, after the town had started to recover, the local government sent a large Christmas tree to the city of Boston in remembrance of the assistance given during the disaster. Then, in 1971, another Christmas tree arrived, this time sent by the Lunenburg County Christmas Tree Producers Association. The gift was again to remember the relief efforts, efforts given way back in 1917, but also as a marketing tool to promote the export of Christmas trees into the U.S. market. The giving of the Christmas tree was renewed annually, creating a tradition and cementing the friendship between these two cities. Today, the government of Nova Scotia has taken over the role of donating the Boston Christmas tree, but it rarely comes from a tree farm. It almost always comes from the wild forest, often from private land where the owners are usually honored 
to give up one of their best trees to the city. Of course, Boston is one of America's most historic cities. History is everywhere here, even behind something as simple as a Christmas tree. All right, that's it for episode one, short and sweet this time, but be sure to check back for more episodes in the future. And also uh, check us out at www.knockabout.blog. And until then, Merry Christmas, and uh, hopefully we'll connect soon. Thanks a lot. Bye.